You are listening to the Beard of Zeus podcast with me, Nick Smith, and this is Series 3, Episode 13. A huge thank you to Mitch and Pritch for last week's show, as well to Husk, Lion Rhythms, and Le Troubler. On this week's show, we are talking about before and after the love dies, the rise of the right wing, women in their 20s, as which we frequently do, James McAvoy and Sexist Kids, the outstanding music we featured on the series of the podcast, which is available on Spotify, continues this week with Echoic, Misha and Levels, which makes you wonder, when the fuck are we going to get awarded for all this amazing unsigned music from all over the world that we play? Not important. <laughs> Sports with Zoo Sportsman Mitch Bryant, and we end as ever with questions for our crew in Beardo Question Time. Probably a good point to introduce uh, today's Zeus panel. I really don't know how to explain your current living situation apart from you've got one of the biggest gashes I've ever seen, and I've been around a long time. Alex nice. Pritchard Smith! Hiya. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just a bit pissed off today, but yeah, I cut myself. Because, yeah. I'm ironically, be now, King Dingaling now has a massive gash. How <laughs> ironic. <laughs> but yeah, we're good. And my beloved ex-partner of all things Swindon Breakfast, Nick Stevenson. Hello, gorgeous. How you doing? Hello, sir. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad. I got told by, I was going to say a very close friend, my girlfriend, last night. Very um, close friend. Yeah. <laughs> we're pals. A of mine. <laughs> she was saying, yeah, that guy that you did the show with the other day, he said he used to do the show, wasn't Nick? Yeah. So he's got a, such a radio voice. Oh, he's as good as you. Thank like, whoa, you. whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Hey, that's that's why I, that's why I spend my working life on the telephone and not out and about visiting people. Sex line operators. Absolutely, I would tell you what I would do that. You know, how much would lot. you do it for? I'll do it. Well, I'd, I'd do it, for, do it for fun. <laughs> I'd do it for seventy-five p a minute or something. Stefan, pack of fags and a prawn sandwich. Yeah, it's all right. I'll give you my number. Well, I'll send this to some of the guys <laughs> well, today. Mates of mine who are handsome lads, quite intelligent, whinging about being single. It's like you can get somewhere around ninety pounds an hour being a male escort. Yeah. And the only requirement on these websites is that you have to be able to hold your own conversation. And you have to pay up front. Mm. You have to put a deposit down. But that's the thing. When it comes to sex, you're like, so this is going to get awkward, but this is going to be an extra 100 quid, 200 quid. Oh, I yeah, imagine it depends what they look like. Uh-huh. I, I, it's I don't know. It's ridiculous money. Before we even get into Brexit, bigger news first. It has been an absolutely awful week for celebrity couples. First off, Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris called it quits allegedly over his driving skills. Zayn Malik and Gigi Hadid, I don't know how to pronounce her name, are also over. According to a source in Metro, they've been having issues that involve communication and getting along. Which is pretty shit. fundamental. Pretty fundamental. Yeah. And mobile phone gate that's been going on between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I mean, who throws a phone? For fun? How, how expensive they are these days. I've done, I've done it once or twice in a rage, but then you soon regret it afterwards. But throw your phone at a beautiful 20-year-old actress. Never done that. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> not, not through so, lack it's of it's a, it's a <laughs> <laughs> things to do. This does mean a little bit of hope for the rest of us, though. Though we must hope none of the breakups lead to serious weight gains and accusations being thrown all over the place, like Jack Tweed this week, who was hit out at ex Chanel of Big Brother fame over claims she's piled on the pound simply to be offered a workout DVD, which she fiercely refuted. But she did say on Loose Women, if someone offered her thirty k to do it, then she'd definitely do it. Right, okay, freaks. He's an asshole, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. Who is he? He was married to Jade Goody. We went out with Jade Goody. I think and he's literally built a story is, over that. Briefly is probably the word. Yeah, I don't even think he was married to it. He, he was. They got married a week before she died. That was it. And then Chanel was saying in the press this week that them two broke up because she could never live up to Jade's reputation or whatever. Yeah, he was a bit of a slag. Yeah, exactly. 
We draw ever closer to EU referendum day on June the 23rd, of which you have until the 7th of June to register. Mr Cameron stood in front of a live audience on Thursday night, not too dissimilar to the way Cristiano Ronaldo stands over a free kick and a straight gaze, legs akimbo, we get the idea, and did an alright job, I think. A few of the hecklers tried to make him look like a bit of a dick, and he is a bit of a dick. But after everything I've been reading over the last few weeks, I'm kind of leaning towards staying in. I'm still trying to formulate a few ideas. And um, ex-education minister with less personality than a prawn sandwich, Michael Gove, didn't overly fuck things up on Friday night, given his... Uh, his current argument. I prophesied a few weeks ago that because of the current situation regarding refugees, asylum seekers, terrorism and the such, the EU vote will come down to immigration. I don't think people are particularly bothered about the financial implications. We even talked last week about how we might all just become self-sufficient if we did leave, start growing our own food, start educating our kids a bit better and all just be a bit more healthier, happier. Then you think, I've never seen a McDonald's close down in this country. Hmm. So maybe not. Um, not to the extent that some of us are concerned about, you know, bloody foreigners taking our jobs and so on and so forth. It's as though our campaigners think we're just going to do a Trump and just build a wall around the whole of the United Kingdom, which I just don't think is on the cards. The government's aim for net migration is one third of what it currently is, and I don't think leaving Europe is going to solve this. I think abolishing the government and maybe starting again with politicians who are in touch with the real world could potentially be our best line of attack. Um, an out leaflet was delivered to my home last week. One of the key points is that the money we waste on belonging to the EU could be used to build 38 state-of-the-art hospitals. Now, if Jeremy Hunt can't guarantee an election manifesto promise of a seven-day NHS, do you honestly think they're going to push this issue to build another 38 to fill and make a seven-day week out of? No. <laughs> in a word, no. Yeah, exactly. The whole in or out campaign has finally been explained in a language that we can all understand at bloody last, but not from politicians, spin doctors, cynics or members of the mass media, but from the lad bible, pinched from a chap called Ian Black. Who knows? We've all been on a night out with a mate when you're in a club and he says, it's shit in here, let's go somewhere else. Hmm. And then when you leave, you realise that he has no idea where to go and the place you left won't even let you back in. Without a decent follow-up plan, a leave vote could see the EU standing in a kebab shop arguing about whose fault it is. Perfect surmising, <laughs> Ian. In other news, Glastonbury Festival is potentially moving down the road to Longleat. Michael Evers is currently holding chats with, I don't know how to pronounce this, the Marquis of Bath? Marquis. Marquis for... 2019, but before animal rights activists, and I imagine they've already started, uh, it'll only be just for the one year, apparently. So. Oh, really? What's he going to do after that, then? Who's to say? He's, um, he is a bit of a nutcase. I've, I've been to Longleat a couple of times. I've, I've worked there a little bit in the past. Um, and you hear these stories about this. The Marquis um, has got seven wifelets. Oh, is he? Yeah. Very nice. Wifelets. wifelets. I, I don't know if he's trying to be like the English hef. Well, it's one for every day of the week. Is that a coincidence or not? It's not a bad show, actually. It's pretty smart. Like how I've, I've only ever got seven pairs of pants. Uh, I've got three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Turn this side out. Stephen Hawking has given it to Donald Trump this week, describing the Republican presidential candidate as a demagogue who appeals to the lowest common denominator. Harsh. And Mr. Trump's popularity is even beyond the world-renowned professor's understanding. A Jack Wills underwear ad featuring images of young people drinking and partying in their underwear has been banned by UK advertising watchdog for being too sexualised for young teenagers. Which, 
when I was a lad, and if we can get the, the last and summer one music going on in the background right now, you could go to town on the brass section of a mail-order catalogue or a ripped-up page from a porno mag that you found in the woods around the back of your school. You're so good. You could wank for days <laughs> with stuff like that and just a bit of imagination. These millennial fuckers don't really don't know how easy they've got it. They don't. If they want to dance around and drink and fuck and whatever they want in their underwear, fucking let them, because it's not going to get any better as soon as you leave school. No. You realise when you become an adult, there is no adult equivalent of when a substitute teacher shows up one day and you're like, fuck! Uh, <laughs> Yes. Life ends the second you've stopped full-time education. So just, you want to dance around in your fucking pants? If you've got three and a half pairs, seven pairs, whatever, fucking do it. Life ends when you leave full-time education. So make the fucking most of it. There is no getting up just as Jez is finishing and just sat there just oogling Hollywood a bit and think if you're still in your pants by the time Loose Women starts when you're an adult that means it's not going to be a productive day Yes. Yeah. if you're at uni it's like I'm fucking what I, <laughs> yeah. if I get up at four I get up at four and I'd, 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 I'd do some work I'd get sometime. to the library about midnight do a couple of hours then I'll go home it's fine don't worry about day. it bigger things to worry about uh, and finally the art world was left <laughs> looking a little bit foolish this week as teenage prankster TJ Kayatan put his glasses on the floor of the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art to find art lovers surrounded surrounding the abandoned spectacles and debate the meaning of them. It just goes to show what a load of shit that is. Wow. I've been to a few galleries in the park. I don't get modern art. I don't. Abstract art. I've got friends that are really into it, friends that have worked in museums and done exhibitions, that kind of thing. And I I appreciate, if I know what someone's done and how they've done it and it's been a process and this is supposed to be so honest, I I get the idea. I prefer old paintings. I love going to the National Portrait Gallery. Mm -hmm. It's just something about literally just being stood a few inches away from sunflowers or some of Monet or Manet's work. It's just, you you see this in, in textbooks while you're at school throughout the whole, and people talk about it, how important it was, and then you're literally stood yeah. six inches away from your, I think that's lovely, but I, I know nothing about art, so that for me was, that was quite cool. I but, think, you know, if if art doesn't speak to the layperson, yeah. does, does it really have a value? If you have to... Oh, philosophical. Indeed. If you have to be told what it's all about, mm. you know, what's the point of it? No, I agree. Completely agree. Like I said, I don't get new abstract modern art. I prefer just nice, pretty pictures and paintings and shit. But, you know, I'm... I'm with you. This week's winners and losers. In terms of winners, cheese rolling champ competition winner, Chris Anderson, who sadly hates cheese, but dedicated his win to the memory of a close friend. This is where... I believe it happens in the West Country somewhere. They just roll a big cheese down a hill and yeah. everyone has to chase yeah. it. Didn't they stop that because of health and safety or something? I think they tried to a few years ago. It's it's fucking mental. I know. <laughs> but why not? Uh, other winners this week, the five-year-old in Belfast who found his Kinder Egg in a hedge only to find it was full of crystal meth. And no fucking toy in there either. Bastards. <laughs> the least you can do. What? No, 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 no toy. That's just, that's just crazy. Nothing to assemble. The world famous wow. Dr. Heimlich, who at the age of 96 finally got to use the manoeuvre named after him on a lady in a retirement home in Cincinnati. He may have just been trying to <laughs> engage four I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just stood behind her, thrust it. 96. God bless you, sir. I like sir. him old, but not that old. <laughs> You talked about in the past gum jobs, you dirty gum, gum jobs. <laughs> Solid work. Sometimes the teeth get in the way, and it's just it's true. Take them out and be sorted, don't you? Have you ever had a gum job? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. You are only mid twenties. Northern Ireland, who have now lifted the ban on homosexuals donating blood. Excellent work moving forward, lads. <laughs> and here's a fun fact: Did you know when the rest of Britain legalised um, homosexuals being able to give blood? 
I bet it wasn't long ago, was it? 2011. Wow. Really? Wow. Mm. Tony Bellew, world champion and an absolute gent after beating and then consoling Makabu after winning the WBC cruiserweight belt at his beloved Goodison Park last weekend. He sat down with the lad for a good minute or so and just said, like, listen, I really respect you. You're a good fighter, blah, 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 without trying to be patronising or condescending. Lovely, lovely job. Yes, I've just beaten the shit out of you, but, you know, fair play. Um, hero of the week, though, has to be seven-year-old Yamoto Tanuka, who was abandoned by his parents in a Japanese forest just for a couple of seconds for being a bit mischievous in the car. And we've all been there, like, oh, if you don't start behaving yourself, we're going to kick you out. We're going to leave you by the side of the bloody road. These parents actually did that. <laughs> Kid then goes for a fucking wonder. They come back literally two minutes later. He's disappeared. Turns out he'd been living in an abandoned military camp, sleeping between two mattresses, using an outside tap for sustenance for a week. Brilliant. You fucking what lad. <laughs> Survival, lad. Unbelievable. And you think the parents, how red-faced most of you have been. Oh, like, but he was just so here. And then they missed up, we'll fucking find him. And like, <laughs> it's a forest. <laughs> Shit, I bet he's like, treated so well now. Oh yeah, <laughs> go home, like, have whatever you he's want. He's just like sat there, just like smoking his crap pipe in the <laughs> yeah. back of the car, just catches his dad's eyes in the rearview mirror, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and if anyone want to say, no, you're right. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I want alphabet spaghetti. <laughs> Spells out, you are a twat every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Biggest losers this week, sadly, Plymouth Argyle, who lost the League Two playoff final over the Bank Holiday weekend. We all watched it as a family, eating our pasties. At the full-time whistle, my brother got up and walked out of the house. And we've not seen him since. <laughs> then let's hope uh, he might be in a forest in between two mattresses, helping himself <laughs> to some, uh, some tap water in an abandoned military camp. If you are, we love you. And, you know, come back whenever you want. Anyone who wants a regular coffee in the Proud Mary Cafe in Melbourne, Australia... Because they now serve their flat whites in three separate beakers. One containing water, one containing milk, one containing coffee, for fuck's sake. Why? It's well, you have to cool. make the drink yourself. Yeah. What's the I'm sure that everyone really that's, that's wants a fucking Sykes experiment. First thing in the morning when you just walk in, it's, 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 get, get a large coffee, please, mate. Like, okay, so you've got one beaker of milk, one beaker of water, and one beaker. If you just like to blend them or infuse them all together. What no. is the world coming to? No, you're right, mate. Make can you just fucking... stick it all in a fucking pot That's, like, that's like being odd. Can, I, I wouldn't go to... Uh, how am I to put this? I fucking pay, I'm paying you like three quid or whatever to make yeah. a fucking coffee. Don't yeah. put the ingredients in front of me. That's what I mean. I can go to fucking Tesco and get that. Or just get a pot of, what is it, Kenko or whatever it is for yeah. a quid and just make your own. And that is a science experiment because you have to obviously put the beans in and the water, then the milk, and then the sugar, then give it a... St Fuck my life. Miley in class, as handsome a lady as Miley in class is, absolutely slammed this week for turning up to interview single mothers on benefits in a 31 grand Jeep, wearing an 8 grand Rolex and a 600 quid jacket. Keeping it real. To be fair, she used to eye-fuck the shit out of me on a daily basis. She probably thought, oh, someone else... Not important. Probably. Texan teacher Alexandria Vera, who got pregnant from a 13-year-old student, who apparently the parents are very supportive about the baby. So oh. muzzle tough. <laughs> Jamie Vardy looking like Lee Chapman has been unfollowed by the less than England striker and even his missus, as the star's agent said they needed to protect Mr. Vardy's image. They have literally fucked off the poor little bastard. <laughs> or the biggest loser this week might be habitual masturbator Big Dick Steve, who was horrified to see his niece in a porno, managed to get hold of said niece, threatened to tell the whole family until it was discovered that not only did Uncle Steve have an account, 
it's quite obvious that he also searches in the teen section. Oh, nice. Check, mates, <laughs> Uncle Big Dick Steve. I didn't realise there were two Big Dick Steves about. <laughs> I mean, You're Big Dick Steve-O. <laughs> <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with... It depends how old he is, doesn't he? I think, I think finding out your niece is in a porno... But the fact that you're a registered user of a porn site yeah, surely makes every, you yeah, as filthy. Everyone, everyone watches porn. Exactly. Hey, look, let's, but, let's not, take the... but not everyone acts in it. But then is it that bad of an issue that she... If mm. everyone had the choice, if you were good looking enough for a yeah. porn producer to say to you, I'll pay you 10 grand just to go and smash two horrendously attractive 20-year-old women. Then yeah. Oh, I don't know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like kind of working behind bars and working for people and you know I'm like hang on again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just yeah, kind of yeah. my thing now mm. I think we need to take the positives out of this at least he stops and he didn't keep going I, I mean, you could have done that, couldn't he? We, we assume. Just put his thumb over her leg. I just see your eyes, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just over the dinner table. Like, right. Oh, God, how awkward would that be? I mean, we've talked enough in the past about unrealistic expectations of, of porn. We've talked about how kids in the past, we were talking about this uh, a few weeks back, about how... Some kids they don't have parental controls on their on their laptops. No, Pritchard's little brothers don't. You think that's potentially scary because the amount of it's dark shit that is on the internet, <laughs> and what a seven and a nine year old have got seven and nine. Yeah. I've got instant access to anything. On, yeah, anything multiple platforms. And if they just become a, a little bit insular because they've got all the information they could possibly ever need in front of them, they don't need to go and ask mum and dad how this works. They don't need to speak to their friends. They can do that all on Facebook. And if they start, for instance, going down the whole porn route, because, you know, we're all a bit curious as, as we get older, they're going to have really, really bad expectations of like how long it takes for a pizza to get delivered, mm -hmm. how long it takes for a plumber to show up, yes. and then will he actually come and fix the fridge? Indeed. Let alone like how to actually treat women. And this happens. There's stories all the time, um, quite a lot in America about Young guys, quite isolated, quite insular, spend a lot of time on their computers, have acted very inappropriately the first time they've had sex with a lady just because all they have to go on is what they've seen in yeah. films. Yeah. And we have to remember, kids, and if we're going to be teaching our kids this, if you happen to have young children that are thinking about... <clears throat> Or you're thinking about taking off their old parental controls. I think it, it must be a, a horrible chat to have. But just to say that if you do watch porn, just to let you know, it is as fictional as Bambi. Thing is, though, it, I mean, it, it's very true, unfortunately. But um, in 1994, I was having this discussion with my boss at work, right? And he'd borrowed a video off of me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Then it weren't Bambi. Which I <laughs> borrowed off of a mate. Anyway, I took it. Oh, yeah. He bought it back the next day. Right. Uh, and him and his missus had sat there watching it. And I think they'd had a conversation going along the lines of, well, look what they're doing. Why don't we do that? And she had said, well, it's not real life, is it? Mm. And he'd brought this back in and he'd said to me that that's what she'd said. Mm. And we looked at each other. And uh, at the time, I didn't really understand okay. what that was all about. What do you mean it's not real life? They're shagging. So, you know, why? You know. But it's very, very true. If I can get me leg like that, then I'll do it. It so, <laughs> so isn't real life whatsoever. It bears no fucking resemblance to what you're going to get. But is that is important? It? Are you teaching your lad this at some point or just making sure that he's aware? That no, the little shit's going to have to find it out by himself. <laughs> that's how I had to do yeah, it. Yeah, and that's how I found out as well, through pictures and asking mm. kind of older mates and that kind of thing. And 
because of that, I didn't break my duck till I was 19. Not important. Our list of the beard this week is coming up straight after our first track. Echoic are an alt-rock quartet from Berkshire. The band formed in late 2013. They've generated a hugely supportive following in their hometown of Reading and picked up attention and airplay from BBC Radio 1, Six Music, Radio X, Kerrang! and multiple BBC-introducing stations, and now us. This is Echoic with my mind on the Beelazoo's podcast. I struggle to see what I mean. I always seem to stumble before I speak. Can never find the right words to hide inside of me. And as I'm getting older, all the clearer it seems that I'm stuck in the
McCulloch with My Mind on the Beardersuits podcast. The EP Testify is available now and the guys are on tour throughout the summer in the UK so make sure if you get a chance to go and check them out. If you're lucky, you might still be able to catch them on the end of their current tour. And if you're an unsigned artist or in a band and want a bit of bearded exposure, let us know. We are the Beard of Zeus podcast across literally every different kind of social media. You are listening to the Beard of Zeus podcast with Nick Smith, Nick Stevenson and Alex Pritchard-Smith. We've got two lists of the beard this week that highlight before the love in a relationship starts and after it's gone. Uh, the articles are seven things you should never get hung up on in a new relationship from Mercedes Leguizamon for Elite Daily and 30 signs your relationship is doomed from Duncan Lindsay for... 30. Ma- We're not going to go through all of them. Uh, in terms of... The first things, seven things you should never get hung up on in a new relationship. I'm just mm-hmm. going to rattle these off as bullet points. Okay. They don't answer all of your texts. Do not get offended by that. Mm. They don't post pictures of you two on Instagram straight away in the first month or so. Yeah. <laughs> they might be trying to get over an ex. They might not be doing it for other reasons. If you want to ask, absolutely ask. And hopefully they'll be honest enough to explain that I, something like, I don't know, my ex is still a little bit, you know, iffy, so I'm just not going to put anything right now. Whatever it is, doesn't really matter. Also, point number three, do not get offended if they don't change their Facebook relationship status. No. Who wouldn't do that? I don't know. I know one or two. <laughs> I, just, I, just don't, I just don't see the point. I just don't see the point. If people, if people need to know, then they, already, then they already know. Yeah, the closest people like, to the, you. The people no. you want to know already know. Like the rest, well, I don't give a fuck about you. Like exactly. that. The half people on Facebook, I don't know if I can speak to anyway. So exactly. why do I need to inform you what's going on? Doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. You should also, they talk to people you aren't comfortable with them talking to. You should really not get hung up on that because, you know, who the fuck are you? We've all got past, we've all got histories. Mm. They aren't as chivalrous as you'd like them to be. Are you particularly chivalrous when you start dating? Courting, I believe the term Mitch Bright used last <laughs> week. <laughs> Courting. <laughs> Stepping out. <laughs> That's a f- bloody awful one. <laughs> Stepping out. Do you, do you still believe and do you promote the idea of chivalry um, to your son? Do you tell your daughter that a gentleman should treat you like a gentleman? He should hold open doors. He should pay for dinner. He should I, I think take you shopping. Should, I, I, in terms of paying for stuff, I think you know it's important not to get too anal over the whole you know going Dutch thing. I, yeah. I'd rather just pay the bloody bill and be done with it. If it's a twenty-minute argument, or well, it's not take even the card. not even that. You just come across as a, a bit of a prick if you sort of like, well, I had the steak and and, <laughs> uh, and you had the blah, you had four glasses of wine, and I had a diet coke. So you know, but yeah, I mean, I think just be polite and be nice. But then know? again, Don't if you offer to pay the bill, you might be seen as being a bit feminist would argue a bit over a bit masculine a bit kind of taking control of the situation potentially well I've never been out with uh, right on sort of comfortably shoe wearing sort of <laughs> individuals so you know I haven't really come across that you know it's, it's good so but thing, go, on. go on the thing is if like if you pay the bill first and like there's going to be a second date yeah. then just the lass or whoever paid the first time but, but that's the thing I mean Mitch was talking about this last week I couldn't imagine anything worse than going on a first date with someone that you don't really know to a nice dinner because obviously oh, you have yeah, to get dressed that, up. It's yeah. like, how smart do I go? What kind of conversation should I bring to the table? I wouldn't even really want to do it, to be honest. No. And I, I talk for a fucking, in every aspect it's of my not, life, I talk for a living. It's not nice trying to eat, talk, and trying to look presentable. Uh, no. And I eat like a fucking pig. Yeah, you do. Like, I wouldn't even be that worried about the bill. Like that, that comes later on. I would personally be more concerned about, should I actually be myself if I'm sat in a nice restaurant with someone I, I know for a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever? Yeah. They've met me once at a party and they're oh, he's quite nice. Oh, he's actually similar. I would be more nervous about lines of conversation than the bill or probably even what I was wearing. Keep it simple. A couple of icebreakers in a pub. 
or wherever, you know, nothing too fancy. That's what I think. You know, because you might think after meeting two, yeah, she's really a bit of a munter and she can't string a sentence together. No, not that in years, munter. munter. <laughs> Solid. Like calling something ace. That's fucking ace, mate. Ace. We used to call uh, girls sorted when we were at, uh, at school, about year seven, year eight, so what, 97, 98 kind of time, if a girl uh-huh. was good looking, she was sorted. Right. Sorted. Uh, you should also not get too upset when they don't take the initiative to see you all the time. Again, it is very important, and I, I used to get shit for this all the time. When it's to start dating someone, I would kind of neglect my mates a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would stop seeing them as much. Yeah, That's obviously that. a natural part of when you start seeing someone yeah. new. Mm-hmm. It is new. It's a new shiny new toy. You're gonna forget your your old toys if you like your mates. And it's just, and yeah, I've had mates in the past, years ago, have a proper go at me. Just like, well, you've fucking forgotten about us. It's like, shit, no, I, I, listen, I am sorry, right? And now, anytime I start, I have, since then, anytime I've started seeing someone new, I've made as much of an effort as possible to split my time evenly between partner and mates as best I can. And it really fucks me off when mates that have had this conversation with me do it, then go and do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Pricks. Um, and yeah, if they want to spend time with their friends, point number seven, you shouldn't get hung up on that. I completely agree. Um, we have friends that the older you get, obviously, the longer you may have known your friends, the more intense these relationships might be. I would never give up any of my, my best friends for anyone. No, um, I, don't, I don't think you should. I mean, if, you, if you're into giving up your best mates and or any even any friends because somebody's making you go on a bit of a guilt trip that you're yeah. seeing them or, or questioning the nature of the relationship, then... You know, it's a bit, a bit strange, really. Isn't it? I believe it's bullshit. I think that anyone that does sack off their mates for a relationship and whatever, and I've had this quite a lot in the past because I've got quite a few um, female friends. New partners to female friends have gotten a bit funny mm-hmm. about the fact that they happen to be mates with me. And it's like, well, nothing's ever happened between me and any of my girl mates. That's why they are, they are my girl mates because yeah. nothing's ever happened and nothing ever will happen because I respect them as my friends and we've, we've grown up together. I mean, particularly like my current set of friends, we've been mates for coming up to 10 years now. Nothing's ever happened. Nothing ever will. I treat them like my family. I regard them in that high regard. Um, but it's hard to try and convince new partners that there's nothing, there is no sexual chemistry, there is no sexual... Te- what, you'll just hang around and nothing's ever happened? Yeah, that's correct. See, this all, most of this comes down to two things: one, trust, yep. and two, insecurity. Absolutely, right. And I understand. So you know, if you're not insecure and you trust your other half, then chances are there won't be a problem. If the opposite is true, then you've got big fucking problems. Of course, I mean, my best friend is a girl, and my girlfriend's best friend is a boy. And I said to her, any time I start a new relationship, um, the lads always say to me, "How are you going to explain your and Zara's relationship?" Because it's more than being best friends. Like sometimes we might, in the past, we'll crash in the same bed. Like we used to ring each other four or five times a day or so. Like completely, we are as needy as each other and we just rely on each other. And some people have gone out of in the past think that's a bit too much. It's not, but that's just our relationship. That's the only relationship in the world I have like that. It just happens to be a girl. If it was a boy, you wouldn't give two shits. Mm. And to me, I don't see any of my close friends as boys and girls. You are my mate. Mm. That if I need to chat, I will come to you. If it's some, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl, it doesn't matter if I'm having troubles with work, girlfriends, whatever. If you text me and say, let's meet for a coffee, I'm going to tell you all of my fucking problems. It doesn't mean that I fancy you just because you happen to be a girl. It's quite interesting though, because, you know, I've got you down as pretty much an alpha male. And, and it's, Obviously. And it's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, I'm just too old for this shit, you know? It's like, I, perhaps I judge everybody by my own yardstick and that, you know, okay. if I breathe on a, on a girl, I'll probably want to shag them, which is probably true, <laughs> to be honest. 
So I just assume every woman and man is exactly the same. I think it all comes down to your previous experience, absolutely. Um, so the other side of the coin, 30 clear signs that your relationship is doomed. When pet names become insults, I used to do this, I used to go out this, uh, this Irish girl, oh, she used to call me baby. I fucking hate being called baby. And every time she said, I went baby, until she's, and it took about a month for it to sink in, but it finally happened. Duvet sharing becomes a thing of the past. Oh, fuck. Me and Sal now have separate. Duvets, that's fine. We have separate duvets. I, I apparently nick it. Uh, point number three, uh, you don't say bye when you go to work. Oh, we still do that. You can't pee in front of me. I have never pissed in front of a partner. Well, I've, I've asked her to do it, but she won't. <laughs> Maybe watching those Eastern European videos again, isn't <laughs> Dirty bastards and their VHSs. Compromise doesn't exist. Compromise uh, should always exist. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You ask the cats how they are before you ask your partner is. You zone out when they tell a story. That's not. I regularly, if someone's saying oh. something that I'm not particularly interested in, or if I think they finished telling their story, I then just crack on talking about myself. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And, <laughs> I, and, I, and, I, and I look back and I'm like, fuck, I've got to now pick up by what you're telling me, what the story is, yeah. what I should be saying. And sometimes I just look and I'm just like, I'm really sorry, but I wasn't listening to it was, you. It was one day when we were in London last year, I've been on the phone to South about an hour and a half. She's yeah. like, you're going to ask me how my day is? I'm like, oh, fuck, am I not? But like, you've just been talking about yourself for an hour and a half. <laughs> hour and 34 and a half minutes, sir. God bless you. Uh, you blame your partner rather than defend them. Depends what they've done. Depends what they've done, yeah. Your nighttime activities are always separate. Again, that just depends how many mates you've got. And if you've got hobbies and podcasts, for example, then there is every now and again. Going to be times once a week. If it depends. Yeah. yeah, it depends on the regularity of it all. Though. Yeah, of I mean, if you if you if you're seeing each other once a week, you got to start questioning what the fucking point is. Of yeah. course, I mean, when I was dating a girl when I was in my early twenties, I was just trying to. I didn't want to go out anymore, but I didn't want to upset. I didn't want, so I just started playing snooker every night. Mm. And my ringtone was "Should I stay or should I go?" By the Clash. Still don't get the fucking message. If you have differing politics, if competition is a staple of the relationship, if sex no longer is exciting, you notice your partner's noisy eating. I fucking can't stand anyone, particularly at breakfast, because I'm a bit of a dickhead most times of the day, but more so at breakfast. If you're eating breakfast, and I've thrown plates and bowls at walls before, if someone's making a bit too much noise. Or they cough and sneeze their way through, like they're just eating their shrimp. <clears throat> I, like, I will fucking end you. Just keep your fucking. Yeah. And I used to have to plan it with some partners. If we used to both get up at the same time, I would purposely get in the shower first, and then I knew that I could eat when they're in the shower, so they wouldn't fuck me off. There's really? No, it makes my fucking skin crawl. Wow. You pretend that you're single to other people, and I got in shit the last time. I think the last time I was working in the bar, I got asked out by. Uh, 19, 20 year old girl or so and I was like I'm kind of yeah. seeing someone it's like no I'm a bit more than kind of living <laughs> with someone yeah. uh, you know an old friend um, <laughs> I was chatting to a friend the other day he's been in a relationship for quite a long time he regards his partner as the person he lives with doesn't say girlfriend doesn't say potential fiance potential life partner potential brother no she's just the person I live with absolutely amazing uh, you start to panic when you're what your kids will look like <laughs> you plan <laughs> You plan a family just so you have something in common. Emotional blackmail becomes a thing. Passive aggression on social media. If I've been a bit of a dickhead, Sal will always give me the um, the, the Miss Sunshine mug as a way of kind of being Oh, like, really? That's, yeah. that's quite good. That's, that's good. Passive that's aggressive. Good. I can be very passive aggressive, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, going to a restaurant is about the food more than the romance. Your humour isn't compatible. No girlfriend has ever found me funny. Fair enough. You are disappointed when it's their name when you get a text, 
You're disappointed Ooh. when it's their name when you get it. So when you get a text, 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 text. Uh, yeah. Money becomes more important than gestures. You run out of things to talk about. Oh, never run out of things to talk about. Your own personal appearance, 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 appearance. no longer matters. Your personal picture should always matter. And that's the thing that kind of annoys me about people I've known in the past that when they get comfortable in relationships, they start putting on weight. I don't particularly subscribe to this idea, or they stop doing their makeup when they go. If they're just popping out to. I don't know, just pop it into town to get a few bits or something. Yeah. They make absolutely no effort because they don't have to, which is lovely if you're in that frame of mind where you don't believe that you have to make an effort anymore because you found someone that loves you for exactly who you are and absolutely amazing if you're in that mindset. Personally, I like to find myself attractive in the hope that my partner still finds me attractive. Mm. I think that if I put on 10 stone, I wouldn't find myself attractive personally and I wouldn't think that my partner would because that's in such a monument in the same way that if I started being really aggressive or really abusive if I started spending all of our money on I don't know the dogs or the horses whatever it was mm-hmm. in the, if there's been any kind of major change I'm comfortable enough to do this because I'm happy in the fact that our relationship is solid and strong enough to get through this and maybe it's just me being a bit egotistical no because if you if you if you do something and then you lose confidence in yourself yeah. like let's say you for example I think you would stop being so chatty you would stop making jokes you would you would slowly sink into this little different person mm-hmm. and that different person is not what Tao wants no true so Maybe. then it's going to cause upset somewhere isn't it she might me to shut the fuck up um, <laughs> just the last few you lie awake and wait for the snoring to start you hide your <laughs> wedding or couple tattoos when an attractive friend comes around for coffee you go to bed without resolving arguments and you are ashamed of your... If you're ashamed of your partner, fucking don't let them be your partner anymore. <laughs> yeah, Break exactly. up with them. Yeah. Have a pair of fucking bollocks. Fuck me. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. All I want... And I was talking to the lady I live with last night about this. <laughs> empathy. If you're, you regularly argue, and I've taught one of my mates this, and it's worked out extremely well. If ever you're in an argument, and our natural reaction is, is fight or flight response. Fair enough. If a partner is talking to you or offering you a suggestion or whatever it is, just try and see it from their point of view, just once, just to see why are they saying this? Is there any reason why? Are they just doing it to be nasty? Maybe, maybe not. They love me, we've been together a long time, so there must be sense for a reason. They want us. They want me to improve or whatever it is. Just the next time you get in an argument, before you storm out the house, have a little think. Take a second, yeah. yeah. Why are they saying this? Good advice. Thank you, sir. Time for some indie experimental pop from New York. New York, we are going to have it out, is from Misha. Beautifully textual, layered pop, and I hope you really enjoy it. This is Misha on the Bitter Podcast.
We're going to have it out from Misha on the Beard Zeus podcast, taken from the album All We Will Become. Absolutely incredible stuff. And for more info on a seriously talented musician, check out MishaTheBand.com. You are listening to the Beard Zeus podcast, series three, episode 13, with Nick Smith, Nick Stevenson, and Alex Pritchard-Smith. Beard issue the first, the rise of the far right. For Matt O'Brien, for The Independent, whose summation of right-wing Brexit voters is that Brexit would be the economic equivalent of quitting your job because you think you can get it back minus all the parts you don't like. Long story short, he's talking about how in times of um, recession and depression in the past, the right wing in pretty much every European nation over the last kind of best part of 100 years or so now has come to the fore a little bit because people want some action. And it's normally the right wingers, the fascists that stand up. They make massive, bold statements. No matter how racist, misogynistic, whatever they are, they make big, bold statements. And it makes you think, well, I might have a few right ideas when it comes. Maybe we should just keep Britain British. If the reason that we can't get a job, and to be fair, at the moment, the unemployment rate in this country is around 5% or so, which is not awful. But in terms of how much our GDP is growing or how much our economy is growing, it is at the moment less than what it was during times of depression. And like we talked about with the whole EU thing, I believe the vote on the 23rd of June is going to come down to migration. People think that if we leave, all our migration issues will just disappear. Well, I don't know, do they? Is that is that what they're saying? Is that That's not what I believe, although I will be voting to leave the EU. Okay. Um, on, on a couple of issues, right? Number one, and most importantly, as far as I'm concerned, the issue of sovereignty. Okay. I think we elect our MPs to do a job. They should be the ones making the decisions. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be anybody, apart from the House of Lords currently, that can trump a decision that they make, right? Absolutely. Because otherwise it disenfranchises us, yeah. effectively, right? So, to me, sovereignty is a big issue. Okay. Yeah? I don't... To me, the economy, uh, some would say I'm being rather stupid, but to me, the economy is uh, secondary to all of that. Because if you don't have your, your, uh, the ability to elect your own individuals and to be represented, then you've lost pretty much everything, in my opinion. I'd rather pay a bit more tax. I'd rather, you know, have, um, you know, potentially some negative effects of leaving and, re- and keep with that. But secondly... Also, there is an element um, of the migration issue in the mix as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, nobody's saying that we, we're going to build a wall and all the rest of it and we're never going to let another Johnny Foreigner in. Mm. Um, that's a misrepresentation of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just that we need to be able to control our own borders. Currently, we can't do that. With this free movement of labour, well, free movement of people, it's not even labour, uh, within the European Union. The European Union wants to expand. And, you know, you've got to remember, it's been 40 years since we last had an opportunity to to vote on this. It's going to be at least another 40, if ever, hmm. that we get another chance. Where the fuck are we going to be in 40 years' time? We can't have net migration at the rate it is currently. I'm not saying that, you know, if we come out, we will have... Uh, no net migration, but this but is a government thing. This is not an EU thing. This well, is a government. Well, thing. it's it's a government thing in terms of people coming out from outside the EU. Yeah. But if we're in the EU, we don't have a choice. I agree. We we have to let you know people come here who want to come here if they're an EU citizen. Yeah. And currently, fifty percent of the net migration figures are from within the EU. So, you know, it'd be up to us to ensure afterwards that 
we we put adequate checks and controls in place, of course yeah. it would. And I don't necessarily have total faith that those in power are going to do that. But at the moment, they can't do that. This is true. I mean, at the moment, like we talked about earlier on, the the net migration ideal figure that the current government aim for is around 100,000. We found out two weeks ago that currently net migration is 300,000. Mm -hmm. Similarly with everything that's going on with the NHS at the moment, this isn't anything to do with Europe. This is our government not doing what is, I would argue, in the best... Well, they might have the right intentions. It's not coming across that our, way. Our, our government, uh, unfortunately, seem to be a little bit inept in a lot of areas, okay? But to say that the EU doesn't affect, you know, use of some of these services, I mean, there is health tourism going on. There's health tourism going on... Uh, uh, and people coming into the country to use the NHS. Similarly, I know people who, you know, uh, pr perhaps those who have originated from another European country, uh, one in particular girl I know, friend, friend of my sister, she's French, there was absolutely no way she was going to deliver her baby in a British hospital. Mm. She went back to France because, frankly, their National Health Service is ten times better than ours. Mm -hmm. And so she thought, bollocks to this. Yep. And so, you know... But there are service users coming over from other countries and using our services. And, and Something like 30% of NHS workers, I think it's a bit more than that, somewhere between 30 and 35% of NHS workers, NHS workers are immigrants. Yes. If you like. Um, the best case scenario in terms of the article in The Independent is that Brexit would only result in a few years of economy-killing uncertainty while the negotiated a deal almost identical to the one that they just ripped up. And the worst is that it would be unable to reach any kind of agreement, leaving ourselves as a country permanently poorer because we're not part of the single market. It would make things like trade agreements a lot more difficult, potentially. This all reminds me of the, the year, the Y2K bug that everyone right. thought. In 1999, everyone was shitting their pants yeah. that the world was going to end at uh, the turn of the millennium because all of the computers were going to go down, all the traffic lights were going to stop working, everybody's... Planes were going to fall out oh, of the fucking sky. fuck me, everything. <laughs> and, and we were all sitting there uh, at midnight just waiting for the world to end and nothing happened. No. Absolutely nothing happened. I mean, the Sun normally reports once a year that Nostradamus or a... A gypsy woman from 4,000 years ago said the world is going to end tomorrow afternoon well, at two-ish. And I'm... This is it. Oh, I've got golf at half two. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and, and this just smacks of the same sort of thing. There's a hell okay. of a load of scaremongering going on. And yeah, to, from to, both sides. To, to say argue. nobody really knows what's going to happen, we'll just leave the bloody EU. Uh, you know, we'll... we'll do whatever it takes. There'll be a period of adjustment over a couple of years. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, it's not. It's not like we're like. Let's say if we did leave, it's not like we're going to leave and go sit there and go, oh fuck, like we've made a wrong decision. You're going to work towards progression. You're going to work towards uh, establishing a good groundhold and a good foothold to kind of build your country up. You're not going to sit there and take a sit. Uh, oh, well, we fucked up. So, never mind. What's most important to me is the NHS. If we stay or if we leave the NHS is not going to get sorted out overnight no no. so it doesn't make any fucking difference in that respect in terms of the economy the Institute of Fiscal Studies last week said that if we decide to leave then we should be facing at least another two years of a bit of an economic downturn but again what that means to the majority of us doesn't really mean a lot in terms of your day to days if you can still afford petrol and you can still afford to pay your bills and you can still afford to go out in the piss every weekend most people couldn't really give a fuck. And I was chatting to a few people in their mid-twenties this week, asking about, are you going to vote in or out? I couldn't really give a fuck, to be honest, mate. Is it going to affect my job? 
Probably not. Mm. All right, so I don't fucking care, to be honest. And that's the thing. I mean, just to kind of sum up the article, it talks about people who are poorer than they thought they ought to be. They don't feel that they can afford to be as generous to immigrants as they used to be. And this, you'll always get this fucking foreigners nicking our jobs and whatnot. It's like, sadly, that is not the case a lot of the time. And because of net migration, yeah, lots of people come into this country. A lot of people also go out at the same time. And again, there's very, very stereotypical arguments that... British people don't want to do the jobs that immigrants don't mind doing. Your mm-hmm. cleaning jobs, your clerical, whatever it is, that yeah. kind of thing. Because what, as Britons, we feel that we're too good. We used to own a third of this world. Don't anymore. <laughs> if you're too proud to get a fucking job, then I don't know what to suggest. Issue number two, for our beloved female audience, the last month or so, the show has become a bit of a boys' club. Some have argued, uh, and we're all the better for it. Get a few birds in here if you like, Nick. Got no problem with that. <laughs> Ladies, this is not to welcome you with hostility or alienation. We welcome you with love. So, Catherine Busby for Stylist has obtained advice by soon-to-be menopausal women, not her words, mine, for girls who dance around in their possible Jack Wills underwear and get pissed and whatever at parties. Here's some of the best bits of advice from the article. No situation is ever improved by drinking vodka and Red Bull. That is from Roof38. Not awful advice. The fact that people still drink Jaeger bombs is fucking beyond me, but that's not what we're here to argue. Be as promiscuous as you want to be. There is nothing wrong with women being liberated enough to do what gives them pleasure when it's not harming others. Caroline 38, define harming, but men and women in your 20s, if you're not in a committed relationship, do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. (coughs) You will break up with people, you will get with people, you'll have your heart broken, you'll break other hearts. It doesn't really, long we move on, is what I always say. Yes, it is a bit shit when you get your heart broken or you get cheated on and, and you might put, very possibly take this into the next relationship. You shouldn't. I understand why people do. Yeah. Life goes on. Point number three, there is nothing wrong with my vagina and I don't take ages to have an orgasm. They were just doing it wrong. Julia, 37, who by the sounds of it is clutching on to her mm. remaining three or four eggs or so that she has. <laughs> You don't have to stay in the nightclub until the lights go up if you're having a crap time, Gail39. And one of the last of the famous tentatives. No one is worth changing yourself for. I bet if Channing Tatum said he'd stick his tongue in your ass and spoke, as long as you spoke like Yoda for a year, then you'd probably consider it, wouldn't you, Linda38? Hmm. And finally, no matter how epic the heartbreak, you will love again. From Sarah37. You may never love again. You may just spend the rest of your time just, what do we used to call it? The old crank, the old crying wank, tears as lubricant. You may just spend the rest of your days doing that. But at least you've have you've had love in the past. Some people have never experienced Absolutely. Love. I've met people who have said, you know, I don't want to get involved in a relationship because I don't want to risk, you know, my sanity. I don't want to, I'd just rather not go there. I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be upset. I don't want my heart broken. But there's no point in living. And all, yeah. Because exactly. you might get run over. You just think, well, yeah, bloody exactly. hell. You, no, I'm not going to step outside because I'd I rather be hit by lightning. Exactly. Life's about experiences. And like rather. you just said, like if you're 20 and whatnot, then fuck it. If you're not going to hurt anyone, go do what you want. And I don't think it's just 20 year olds. I think you should take that and you through life. Like, I get it. Like I don't like upsetting people. So I try my hardest not to. If I was a bit more, if I was single and I just wanted to date as many different people as possible, then I don't have to answer to anyone. And yeah, a a few people might go, I have upset a few people in the past when I've broken up with them and and I've been upset when they've broken up with me. But life goes on. I think at the end of the day, be as much of a, I don't want to put this in disparaging (laughs) terms, be be as much of a slag as you want to be, but just be 
just be respectful to other people. At the end of the day, if you want to play the field, just do it one at a time. Yeah. Uh, and just don't be a dick about it. Don't go behind people's backs. Mm. It just thing. comes down to being honest, doesn't it? Yeah. If like, you say to someone, I am currently dating two other people, yeah. it's completely up to you. If yeah. you want to carry on dating, yeah. brilliant. If not, I understand. <clears throat> Fair yeah. play. Mm. Issue number three, taken from the actor's pad. An angry James McAvoy sets it straight. If you want your kids to have a better life, then you had... An angry James McAvoy sets it straight. If you want your kids to have a better life than you had, art is really important. With the UK government set to make even further cuts to arts funding, Scottish actor James McAvoy has set up a fund in his home country to help give children from poorer backgrounds access to the kinds of art education that many comprehensive schools are being forced to get rid of. He says, art in education is at an all-time low right now. I don't think acting itself is elitist. I just think the only fresh meat that the acting industry is getting at the moment is from private schools because other schools don't have the time or the money to spend on the art. So I ask you, Mr. Stevenson, as a parent, as a father, how much emphasis should we place on arts and culture when it comes to educating our kids? I think at the end of the day, it's, it would be nice for it to be part of an, an overall, you know, well-rounded curriculum, yeah? What we've got, though, is we've, we've got kids leaving school who can't fucking spell. Yep. And, and that really pisses me off. They can't spell, they can't string a sentence together. And, and to me, that's more important. Let's get that right before we, we worry about everything else. I agree. Should we be more concerned with teaching our kids, as well as what you just said, but things like emotional growth? Teaching kids that you will get your heart ripped out once or twice, and it is shit. It's a real shame. But you'll be all right. It's a real shame that those issues have to, you know, be prevalent on the agenda these days from an educational point of view. When I was a kid, A, you either, you learnt that stuff, life taught you that stuff. Yeah. You were always, because of uh, half-decent parenting, you were, you know, you were always a reasonably well-rounded individual. Mm -hmm. I know there were people out there that weren't, weren't a bit off the rails and all the rest of it. But generally speaking, most people could parent well. Hmm. up to a point and, and kids were, were okay mm. now you now you just got so much different stuff going on but I agree with you it, on one of the first podcasts we ever did I and I still argue with this point now with people I believe that we should be teaching children how to budget because the majority of the kids that go to a standard school in this country will end up working in retail or in a warehouse or in the customer service industry wherever it is catering wherever it is and you're not going to be on a shitload of money no you need to be able to budget yeah. two, three hundred quid a week mm. on the assumption that you have a typical family, whatever typical family, but for argument's sake, let's just say you have a partner and two children. 300 quid a week, assuming that your partner might earn, say, 100 quid a week doing a few bits here and there or doing the odd shift or whatever because you've got kids to look after. If you're on, say, 300 quid net, between four people is not a lot and it is important that you learn how to budget that you learn how to cook nutritious meals on said budget we should be playing ready steady cook at fucking school mm -hmm. not baking cakes and all the rest of that shit everyone loves a cake but i would rather my kids if i ever have them learn how to feed their family nutritious food on a budget Absolutely, yeah. And there's a place for that at school, most definitely. But there's also a place for that in home. But uh, I think it's uh, more about the parents. They, the right, parents exactly. have to get more proactive. Yeah, yeah. They can't just bury their head. They can't stick their kids in front of a TV when they're you know six months old and leave them there till they're 18. Yeah. Which seems to be what a lot of people are doing these days. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah. I was, I was say, having an argument. I always have quite uh, heated conversations with certain uh, MDs for different companies that I work with. And one was saying a few weeks ago that the, the evolution of technology, the fact that we all have smartphones, tablets, on and so forth, 
is the downfall of our future generations because these kids don't know how to talk to they don't no, know how exactly. to dress for an interview exactly. they don't know how to speak to an adult when it comes to even applying for a job yeah, but yeah. that's not that's not that's not technology's fault it's not the kids fault it's the person who puts them in front of the fucking technology exactly it's, it's a byproduct. Yeah. but yeah. it is there are, nonetheless there are the kids issue. out there who spend their time in a virtual world staring at a screen and they've got no idea how to interact with people in the real world no. they live their lives in this virtual world and it's fucking worrying yeah I used to have this when oh. I was the manager bar um, you get kids coming in quite a bit oh have you got any jobs um, and I would always base it upon how politely they came up to me there was one kid I was chatting to one of the <laughs> other managers once in a bar and this kid scruffled up to us like got any jobs so I'm going to do the ultimate favour young man I'm going to let you walk out Come, I'm still going to take a fuck off because I don't fucking like you Pardon yourself for interrupting two adults clearly having a conversation yeah. and then inquire as to if we have any vacancies at all at the moment. Yeah, That's what you're going to say. Don't forget, I'm still going to tell you to fuck off. But take this as a life lesson if you want. The next time you think about applying for a job, maybe wear a slightly smarter shirt. Don't wear fucking track bottoms in my place of business. Mm-hmm. And maybe learn how to talk to adults. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for it somewhere. Yep. How to do a tie, how to tuck your shirt in, how to wear trousers, how to, how to tie your shoes up. Yeah. It's a glass collecting job, so I mean the giveaway is in the name. It's not the hardest fucking job in the world, but I'm not even going to give you one because you clearly have not thought about how to prepare yourself for even asking if we have any vacancies. Yeah. It's the least I can do you for. The last point, point number four, beard issue the fourth, of which I did promise we'd give you an update on the sex factor. We're going to have to do that on the Facebook page. I've I've really fucked up and, and let you all down there. I remember, I don't know if you were talking about it or not on the show, there is a, a show called The Sex Factor, very similar to The X Factor, <laughs> but the winner becomes a fully-fledged member of the porn industry. So keep an eye on the Facebook pages. I will put an update. I know Zoo Sportsman Mitch Bryant is all over it, literally covering <laughs> his 13-inch screen. I was going to say, that's, that's <laughs> country enough a mental picture I don't really want. So huge apologies for anyone that tuned in specifically to hear the update on The Sex Factor. We will definitely keep you updated on the Beard of Zeus podcast on Facebook. Uh, a little bit later on in the week. So, last bid issue, bid issue the fourth. My four-year-old son is sexist and who's to blame? Asked Tom Hardy in The Telegraph. Tom is trying to get to the bottom of who is to blame for gender roles. Do we do it subconsciously as parents? Is it the media's fault? Is it the toy manufacturers who specifically aim their products at little boys and separately for little girls? Are we just hardwired? The research shows that the kids as young as two don't subscribe to gender roles and some do. This can be swayed by whatever environment they find themselves in. Most blokes wouldn't want their son leaving their house in a skirt. No. Exactly. But it appears to be more a case that just let them be whatever they want to be. We naturally begin forming our belief structures and perhaps even more gender neutral roles, if that's the the way that we feel best to move forward. If we have the confidence and the support that is still sadly needed in society. We scratched the surface a few weeks ago when we discussed gender neutral bank accounts. But the answer, I believe, is that we are all different. I think the most important thing we can do as parents, and as people for that matter, is to, to love and support each other in our decisions and life choices. Because at the end of the day, like we talked about in relationships, does it really fucking matter? It's not my life. If you want to be gender neutral, if you want to wear a dress but you're a boy, if you want to just play computer games, it doesn't affect my life in any way. Do as you fucking please. If you ever need a bit of support or a helping hand, give us a shout. I do subscribe to that. But then I, I also say, you know, in, in the world we live in, uh, though many and varied cultures and societies are, you know, within your own, that there is, a, surely there has to be some sort of semblance of what is in inverted commas normal and what isn't 
I think in this country, and I spend a lot of my time on building science, we are very much still stuck in the 1930s in terms of our views. Not many people, not many blokes, I don't feel, would have the bollocks to take their kid out to what, McDonald's or whatever, or to walk around town in a princess dress. I don't think, yeah, I don't necessarily think they... Nothing wrong with that. Of, well, <laughs> if from the age of three he decides that he likes boys more than he likes girls, or for that, that day in his life he just decides, I normally wear a footy shirt and a baseball cap and a pair of little Doc Martens, but today, fuck it, I'm going to go into Starbucks dressed as Princess Elsa. The, the, com- the converse argument to that is, you know, by making this, this panacea of options open, and open to kids of a very, very young age and mm-hmm. bringing, bringing these issues to the fore, if, if you're going to do that and, and sit down with them and say, you know, Tommy, it is all right if you want to wear that lovely sparkly princess dress rather than those little jeans I bought you the other day. <laughs> then, then, you know... Perhaps, perhaps you're doing them a disservice. If you're going to yeah. let them find their own level, just fucking let them find their own level. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But being sort of all affirmative about it, you know, is, is all just a little bit weird. I think, yeah, I think I kind of agree with you. Like, kids are kids at the end of the day, aren't they? Like, it's, it's fair enough if they want to do whatever they want. And I'm kind, of, I'm kind of with that on a certain level. I don't think I'd be able to take my kid, a, a little guy, um, a little boy in a princess dress to McDonald's or something like that. I don't think I could do that. But is that because but, you both are quite masculine people? Is that because you were raised quite traditionally? The idea of I dressing up as a girl in never was available to you guys because you knew that your parents would just not stand for it in the same way that mine wouldn't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think what how I was raised kind of comes into it. Um, because I had because I had an older brother mm. and a younger brother, mm. we spent a lot of time together being lads yeah just building shit silly little boys shit, exactly, yeah, shit, so, yeah. yeah just doing stuff like that yeah. um but what i was going to say is that at the age of four at the age of five you don't fucking know what things are no like my my little zach my little brother now he's yeah. nine years old he still doesn't kind of yeah. understand the gist which of is things. brilliant and which is i fine. don't want you to understand yeah. things at nine I years want old you at 13 14 when you go to school and you start realizing things are changing and things are happening and you need to figure that out for yourself yeah i think unless you figure something out for yourself mm. it's like you were saying that if if you get told you can't do this you can do this oh if you want to wear a dress that's okay yeah. no when you get to the fucking age that you decide that you want to wear a dress you go ahead and wear a dress mm. if my kid come up to me at 12 13 and went dad i want to i want to wear a dress do it do what you want if that makes you happy and you want to do it the the fine absolutely you understand that's off your own principle it's not somebody else telling you what you kind of can't do I agree. Yeah, I, clearly, if you've got a two-year-old boy who's sitting there at the dinner table and, and saying to his mum, "Where's my dinner, bitch?" There might be a bit. <laughs> there might just, be a bit of a, a problem. Just a clap. You've been listening <laughs> to that bloody NWA again. <laughs> for and I was saying this. I, I listened to a lot of um, old-school uh, hip-hop and rap. It's what I was listening to from the age of about eight, nine years old, having an older brother. And Sally was saying, "Dad, you're not going to play this shit when you're in the car with the kids, are you?" Yeah. It's like, well, it's. What? Because the language is like, yeah. It's like, I imagine people that listen to metal. I yeah. know some of my friends that listen to metal. Their kids listen to metal. Yeah. It soothes them because that's what they're used to. That's what we've been hearing ever since they, before they were born. It's it's hilarious. The difference between... Um, so Max is, Max is the seven-year-old yeah. and Zach's the nine-year-old. The difference between their music tastes, like Zach's into kind of like pop charts and all this kind of stuff like pretty normal Max however will join me listening to Lamb of God Machine Head Slayer (laughs) Metallica and he will ask me like I got a phone call from my mum the other day and it was like Alex I was like yeah she was like why is Max listening to Slayer and I was like what and she's like apparently she walked into his bedroom and he's just there listening to Rain and Blood just banging his head up and down I was like that is a hero (laughs) but 
just before we, uh, we end up, uh, or just before we finish up rather, I was having a conversation with an ex-council worker a long time ago who they said they don't believe it's appropriate for two gay men to adopt a child because of the influences it might have. And again, we are, of course, always entitled to our opinions. You can't have a right or wrong opinion. We can argue that I don't believe your opinion because I believe this, but sometimes we just have to agree to disagree. In that instance, I don't think I've ever lost my rag so much in my fucking life. I said, do you know how many children, just in Swindon, just in our little fucking pokey town in the middle of fucking nowhere, that the minute you get out of Swindon, no one's ever heard of, the last time I checked, it was something ridiculous. Like thousands of children in our town, mm. not that big a town, need fostering or adopting. Yep. And yet this person that I was speaking to said that didn't feel it was right. Again, because they were a bit old fashioned and a little bit older. I understand. Homosexual behavior was illegal until 1967, which for anyone in their 30s, your parents would have been a little bit younger than the age we are now. Yeah. Understandable. I completely see it from that point of view. However, I would rather have two gay dads than zero dads at all. We know from statistics that children without parents, even with parents that are shit parents, there's a much higher chance they're going to end up doing... Well, time, essentially, long story short, they're going to be involved in criminal activities. The numbers don't lie. Yes, there are children that become aspirational. They want to be one better than their parents. And I think that is what our generation has been absolutely amazing for. Not doing what our parents say, not following their footsteps, thinking, I don't really agree with that. You read the Daily Mail, I don't really agree with some of these views, so I'm going to have my own different views. Because our parents have been supportive enough to let us have those views. But to say that two gay men should not adopt a baby, I was like, are you Fucking joking. <laughs> oh my God. So, you know, how old are you? 30 odd. Yeah. I'm 45, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm, that um, the law uh, in 1967 was four years before I was born, mm-hmm. right? And and my upbringing has, has been such that that my instinct when I hear something like that is almost to agree with it. Okay. But you said something which I totally agree with, and that is... Um, you know, a, a, a loving parental bond and family is the most important thing. Mm. And it, it's not that, to me, it's a, it's a trade-off. It's not that at all. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, as you said, there are so many kids out there that um, that lack any sort of uh, familial relationship. Yeah. That, that, you know, that surely should be the thing that love concerns and, yeah. us. Love and support is love and support. If it's come from two men, two women, a man and a woman, I, I'm not, we're not going to get into the whole religious debate. That's uh, that's for another day. Two loving parents are better than one. Two loving parents are better than zero. It just goes to show that in a lot of things, it's happened through through the ages, really, that that what we consider to be right and acceptable changes over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, there are always going to be issues that 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 my grandparents and and I would disagree on of be- purely because of you know the times we were brought up in. Yeah. And uh, you know. Uh, I think we just need to respect each other. Yeah, we're a product of our environment, we're a product of our peer group, we're a product of our parents completely. Sports with Zeusman Mitch Bright coming up straight after our final track of the beard, the beautifully structured and melodic sound that is Essex-based band Jules. This is Sally on the Beer Zeus Podcast.
with Sally on the Beardazoo's podcast for more info on the boys check out their social media pages for music and gigs and the like time now for sports with Zoo Sportsman Mitch Bryan Firstly, to boxing, and Muhammad Ali has died at the age of 74, a family spokesman has said today. The former world heavyweight boxing champion, one of the world's best-known sportsmen, died at hospital in the US city of Phoenix, Arizona, after being admitted on Thursday. He was suffering from respiratory illness, a condition that was complicated by Parkinson's disease. The funeral will take place in Ali's hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, his family said in a statement. 
In football, Arsenal have made a bid for Jamie Vardy in an attempt to sign the England striker from Premier League champions Leicester City. The offer is reported to be in the region of £20 million and has triggered the release clause in his contract. Vardy, who is currently preparing for Euro 2016, scored 24 goals for the Foxes as they were crowned champions in one of sports' biggest upsets. Also in football, former high-ranking FIFA officials Seth Blatter, Jerome Vackel and Marcus Katner awarded themselves pay rises and bonuses worth $80 million over five years, says FIFA lawyers. Football's governing body revealed the contracts of the ex-president Blatter, fired ex-secretary general Vackel and sacked former finance director Katner one day after a Swiss police raid. In Rugby League, last year's Man of Steel, Zach Hardacre, has been placed on the transfer list by Leeds Rhinos. The Yorkshire Club have put a £300,000 valuation on Hardacre, a key member of the Rhinos' treble-winning 2015 season. And finally, in Rugby League, Hull FC maintained their two-point lead at the top of the Super League with a home win over Witness Viking yesterday. And Hull's sixth league victory in a row sets up an exciting contest at second place Warrington Wolves on the 10th of June. Cheers, Mitch. And don't forget, you can catch Mitch Bryant's show, The Weekly Wanderer, on Swindon 105.5 or Swindon1055.com every Tuesday, 4pm, Greenwich meantime, for our international listeners. <laughs> Uh, just to end up on since you have to run off um, Beardo question time one question this week from a beautiful lady that's uh, sent in to us when a woman asks does my bum look big in this what is the response depends if her ass looks big in it do you just have to take a step back so I can get it all in <laughs> is it better to be always honest yes yeah even if it's not going to be yes. received particularly well because yeah. what if you fuck up like later that day and say something and then you're like I'll tell you what you want to do. You need, yourself, yeah, you? yeah. You need to deliver a good news, bad news sandwich. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I always say. The good news first, like you know, I, you know, I love your ass. Um, it does look quite big in that, but I love your ass. Good. Something a little good. bit more, you know. Yeah. You, you've got to think about it a bit more than that. I'm obviously, gonna, I'm write a, that bit, down. a bit more <laughs> poetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but idea. you know, you get the idea. You know, sandwich that that little bit of bad news in the middle of two rather nice better bits. <laughs> Pretty much all we've got time for for this week's Bid of Zeus podcast. A huge thank you to Monsieur Stevenson. Thank you very much. A huge thank you to oh, Prashad. Uh, and a massive thank you to Echoic, Misha and Jules. More amazing music lined up for next week. And as ever, we closer to the Euros and the referendum. We may be broadcasting somewhere from Europe. Probably still be sat in the studio, though. Till <laughs> then, keep sharing, liking and such forth. If you want a Bid of Zeus t-shirt, if you want a script... Or just some friendly banter, then tap us up on Facebook. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. Thank I, you. I've got a nice line in signed photos if anybody wants one. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Stevenson is on it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.